Welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast, brought to you by TournamentPokerEdge.com, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to tournament poker strategy. And now, here are your hosts, Ron Fezbuddy and Killing Bird. Hey everybody, welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. I am Killing Bird. I'm here as always with Ron Fez Buddy. Happy New Year, sir. Happy New Year. What's up, man? Oh man, not much. Actually, uh, just excited to be uh, getting this podcast rolling, and I'm excited about 2013. I think it's going to be a great year. Absolutely. It's, uh, 2012 was great. <laughs> I, uh, poker-wise, personally, just really good year. What about for you? Yeah, it was a really good year. I was actually, I wrote a little blog post up. Uh, I guess it was yesterday. Um, I thought it was a good year. My online volume was down considerably, and I've talked about this in other blog posts in the past, and we've talked about it on this podcast, too. Like, TPE has just gotten so busy, which is awesome. Right. Um, we'll complain about that for a second, but it's definitely cut into my grind time right. uh, a little bit. So volume has not been as high, but, like, the last month, uh, I've, been, I've gotten my volume back up a little bit and crushing pretty good on the Yeah, lock. you are crushing this week. This is your week. Well, yeah, we were talking about it before we got on the air. Like, this was you two weeks ago, yeah. and now it's me. <laughs> yeah, I got to say, it's been a good good run for us recently. Yeah, we're both pretty much crushing lock right now, so that's that's awesome. Good, yeah, good. And, I, and I, I, I feel good about my game. Like, I think yeah. my summer in Vegas was really good. I think I certainly played the best live poker I've played in a long time, and I had, like, four final tables out there, and and that felt really good. Um, so, again, just despite, you know, despite a little bit lower volume, I feel good about how I'm playing. Yeah. And, uh, and now the results are starting to come online, and I'm going to try really hard to make 2013, you know, a, a much more active year in terms of playing online. Um, and hopefully, I can hopefully I can stick to that goal. I don't know. I'm gonna, I have to figure out some way to to quantify it, and um, I think a big part of it is going to be setting a schedule because it's something I've never really done before. Right. Um, so I'm going to try to put to actually put to a schedule together and stick to it, and play on the nights I'm supposed to play, and play the tournaments I'm supposed to play, and. You know, treated like a job almost. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we're both doing the, you know, we're, we're both benefiting from a lot of the stuff we've talked about on the podcast over the last year, um, in terms of, you know, taking a step back from from the game and 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 start to treat it more like a, something that, even though we run a training site, <laughs> um, right. start to treat it more like. Um, something that we're studying and 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 learning about at all, at all times, as opposed to just firing up and playing, which I think a lot of us are, are guilty of doing. And I know I've been many times in the past, and I'm rehashing a point that we talk about constantly on the, on this on this. But the point of rehashing it is that I think I'm definitely starting to see the results from it. I, I'm 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 playing a lot better than I, than, I, yeah. than I used to play, and I'm avoiding a lot. You know, I'm avoiding a lot of marginal spots and just getting it in. Um, in better situations, not that I'm necessarily, you know, uh, you know, not every EV situation is the be- the most EV possible situation, et cetera, things that we've talked about. Um, and I, I'm really happy. I've, I've, I've seen my stats wise, um, and we'll talk about later the series that's running right now on, on hold the manager stats, but, um, my stats, you know, my, my, from analyzing my own play and hold the manager, I'm really satisfied with the numbers and just my overall, um, you know, preflop, my, uh, my VPAIP, my preflop raise percentage, my three bet percentages, my you know uh, winning uh, went to showdown percentage, and and most of all, um, my 
my EV uh, BB over 100. Um, if you don't know these terms um, and you're not familiar, I think the best thing to do is to check out the, the, the video series that we're currently running from uh, uh, Ben Hales. He's a new coach. He focuses exclusively on holding manager. Um, and I've, I've actually you know just started uh, – I've been watching his videos and, and trying to run reports and, and, and understand you know, the gaps in my game. And I, I'm really satisfied with what, what I've seen. My, my EV BB over 100 in most um, stack sizes is really positive, which is good. It shows you that you know, regard, independent of variance, how, how are you playing? Um, that's the best stat for a, a, a MTT player, and, and I'm pretty happy with it. So yeah, so I've seen the fruits of the you know the work we've done. I'm really happy. Yeah, one thing that I've been doing a lot more of is just trying to take a lot more time and, and think through decisions that I'm making um, during tournaments. You know, so instead of just snap making decisions like, well, I have to call here or I have to fold here, yeah. uh, actually, you know, thinking through ranges and stuff like that. Because what's cool is you don't know what they you know you don't know what they have until you call. So you can sit there and kind of develop a range on the person and then call and find out what they have right. and see how you're you know, see how your ranging ability was or whatever. Yeah. So those are the kind of the, some of the little things that I think we're both probably doing a lot of to try to get better. Well, I think, you know, most effective coaches, what they'll ask you when they start asking you, you know, when you start dealing with a coach is, well, what's the, the first thing they'll ask you is what's his range, right? That That's always the first thing they ask you when analyzing a hand. What yeah. do you think his range is, right? So you should be doing that yourself in the middle of the right. tournament. You know, you should be ranging. And I know it's hard to like fully develop a range, but you could, you know, sort of categorize um, different types of range. You know, this is how he would play monsters. This is how he would play draws. And, 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 and there's some shortcuts to that, which actually um, another one of our, um, a new coach that we brought on, um, Andrew Brokus, um has talked about at length. Um, we'll talk about Andrew in, in a second, but um, he has some shortcuts for hand re- for hand reading where you can kind of instead of thinking through every possible combination. Which, if you watch Daryl Jace's video um, from a couple of months back on advanced hand reading, he basically you know took a, one hand and spent an hour on it <laughs> and went right. to every possible combination and and how that you know whether that not that was in his range and that's the long hand post game analysis, but the short hand is you can kind of clump types of hands together and give them a range based on that. And so, um, so it's important. It's just, that I, I, I agree with you. It's it was something I was not doing. I was just kind of automatic for a while there. And, you know, if you, if you just think through hands, not only will you be better for that hand, but you'll, your, your natural gut instinct will start to grow and develop better. So, right. So blah, blah, yep. blah. We're just sitting here bragging. <laughs> yeah, we rule. Yeah. We, well, my we'll last brag, I will throw in, I was heads up in three tournaments at one time. One night. Yeah, that was a sick night. And you won two I of won them? I won all of them. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was pretty. That was awesome. That was like I finally felt like, okay, I feel like I'm playing. Okay. And so, yeah. you know, here I am, fish on a heater, um, <laughs> talking about it. But, you know, overall, uh, let's, uh, let's, go, let's go into 2013 the way we exited 2012. Yes, exactly. Yep. I like the way you're thinking. And hope, ho- cool. hope, all, hope all the listeners are, uh, are feeling the same way. I hope you guys are all crushing the tables and you're ready for 2013. Yeah, exactly. And just uh, on a side note, I did post a thread uh, on the forum just for people to post like 2013 goals and resolutions for poker and stuff. So, so what are your goals? So yours, <clears throat> yours is to put more of a schedule. Is that, is that what it is? Yeah, I think that's the main thing. I mean, it. I, I need to quantify that. Yeah. Um, so I actually know if I succeed. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, that's the biggest thing is I just gotta 
set a schedule with the end result hopefully being putting in more volume. Yeah, I don't think I have a schedule goal. First, I'm playing a lot more lately, um, so that that hasn't been a problem. Um, and, you know, my day job keeps me busy. I got the, the, the two young kids. So I, I'm not going to set myself a schedule goal. My, my goals are to, you know, be thoughtful while playing. Um, that's, you know, always um, – always, right now I'm lo- not looking at this as my – primary income so it's always about learning and 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 you know learning the game better that's always my primary goal and and building my bankroll so that i can play higher and higher is the goal but yeah. you know but not you know and, and cashing out is nice so i'm not going to complain about that but it's not the primary goal um but my other goal is i think i'm going to play a lot more live in 2013 oh, you know cool. there's some just the the there's so many like the tournaments are really starting to come into shape um the borgata is really stepping up their game here on the east coast Tournaments yeah, big just, time. Their tournaments are just awesome. Um, they're, you know, uh, this month um, I'm going down. If any TP members are going to be at the $500 one million guarantee, hit me up. Let me know. Love to meet you. But um, they're doing a lot of those, and they're doing them every two months or so. Uh, so they're just there's just a lot of of of, of choice there. And then when you add in, um, for me actually, uh, uh, Connecticut, Foxwoods and Mohegan Sun are actually way more convenient for me from being on Long Island. So, and, and there's, you know, between Atlantic city and Connecticut, I can go into a fairly, um, high prize pool, um, low buy-in tournament every month if I want. It's just finding right. the time. And so I'm really going to be doing that a little more often, I think, um, this year. So that's my goal. My goal is to, to have some live successes so that, uh, and, and play a lot more and smaller as opposed to just going and playing the main event and a bunch of 1500s and then, you know, spending a lot of money <laughs> on, right. on on five tournaments. Um, I want to work my way into the bigger tournaments this, this year. And, and I think, you know, assuming I run well, um, the fields are soft, the tournaments are there. So that's, right. that's my goal, my number one goal. Nice. Yep. Well, good luck, obviously. I don't think I'll get to play as much live this year, well, even as yeah. I have in the past, but there is the, the North Carolina uh, circuit event coming. Yeah, so. I was going to say that. You do have that, so. Yeah, so that'll at least be cool. Cool. And I suspect that'll be a soft tournament, to say the least, so. I'm sure. Um, cool. Yeah, so, uh, and yeah, and, and this should be a good podcast. We're about to bring in uh, Mark and Casey, and uh, we'll talk a little strategy, but we'll also talk to them a little bit about how their 2012 went and what their goals are for 2013 as well. Oh, this one should be fun. It always is. Yeah. To. Oh yeah, <laughs> get the uh, get the uh, swear word buzzer ready. <laughs> so cool. So yeah, I guess uh, enough about us. Let's let's wrap uh, let's wrap up this part, and uh, we'll take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll bring in Mark and Casey for a little uh, strategy discussion. If you are looking for the best MTG training site on the planet, look no further than TournamentPokerEdge.com. Tournament Poker Edge focuses exclusively on multi-table tournaments and features some of the best live and online pros. No waiting through cash game videos looking for the occasional tournament video. Tournament Poker Edge also offers strategy articles, forums, a member chat room, and much more. So visit TournamentPokerEdge.com and start taking your game to the next level now.
Welcome back to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Time to bring in Casey Big Dog Pocket 5's Jarzbeck and Mark AZN all in 007 Alioto. What's up, gents? What up, boys? Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Wee! Yay. Oh, I wish I had, like, some horns or something to blow. <laughs> yeah, have to put- that's, that's what I feel like hearing today. <laughs> Are you a little hungover from your New Year's celebrations? <laughs> I'm a lot hungover. <laughs> what was the uh, what was the drink of choice, Casey, last night? I had that bottle of Dom Perignon, so I drank that. But probably ten, twelve beers, and then maybe same amount of Crown and Cokes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand how that's funny. Like, <laughs> no, because I never saw you drink in oh. Vegas this summer. You didn't drink at all. Yeah, uh, you got, yeah. You got to come to the the uh, the Atlantic City uh, gatherings that we do. Those are pretty. Are you talking to me or Mark? No, I'm talk, talking to Mark. Because um, I was at that last Atlantic yes, City guy. Yes, I know, and he has, to, and, and and I'm inferring that he needs to come and see you. Right. At, at, I, I've <laughs> seen pictures, so I, I know what goes on there. Mark was there. You don't remember Danny dancing oh, with yeah, him? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I've seen pictures of Mark in Atlantic City, so I know what happened. <laughs> uh, so the new year is upon us. Yeah. Yeah, I was I grinding a, last night like a true TPE instructor all night. Yeah, you were all stoked, Mark. We talked earlier in the day, and you were like, everybody's going to be out. I'm going to be grinding. What was the... Uh, it was just was... all... There was no regs. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't make that much money, but whatever. It was still fun, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I'm, um, actually, I'm actually with you. I'm with you on that, Mark. I, uh, we, did, um, we did a New Year's Eve for the kids, which is like 4 p.m., you do the countdown at a kids' museum, and then we were home by like eight o'clock, and my wife went to sleep at ten. So I was just sitting there like, "Hmm, poker time." <laughs> you know why there was no regs though? When, well, because your... it was New Year's Eve, you fucking loser. <laughs> I don't think wait, any wait, wait, wait. first off, first off Casey can't say anything because try I mean... and get laid once in your life, you fucking oh, okay. Casey. Last year, I believe we were on Skype when the New Year's dropped. Yeah. So you were a loser last year. <laughs> now this year you I got a life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just going to confirm Mark's hypothesis is right. It was it was tons of overlay too. It was great. Yeah. Uh, I just want to confirm that we've now confirmed that Mark has been at home on his computer two years in a row for New Year's. Like, <laughs> minimum. Five. No, it's actually five. Five years straight New Year's Eve. I five straight years. Anything else you want to tell us? I haven't been laid in five years either, so <laughs> I guess it makes sense. <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to the therapy podcast. <laughs> Anything well, else, Mark? Fat midgets aren't attractive. I don't know. I, you know when uh, when you you know whenever we get together and I see you and you know we shake hands, say what's up, bro. I always wonder why you got such strong hands, but now I know. Later. <laughs> We can add this to our information about Mark that he used to cry when he would bust tournaments. Oh my god, that's like the first podcast. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the TP Nation. Nothing's oh. changed. I was crying ten minutes ago to Casey, and he goes, "Sorry, bro." Casey knows how to handle me when I'm tooling out. He goes, "Sorry, bro." <laughs> uh, Sorry, guys. Well, I got a bit of a cough there later. With it being. Uh, the first day of the new year. We thought it might be cool to take a look back at last year. 
kind of recap how the year was for everybody, poker-wise and life-wise, I guess, and uh, and then maybe talk a little bit about what plans are for this year. So why don't we start with you, Mark, since you clearly grinded the entire year. Well, no, last year was my first year in Vegas, one, which was the most amazing experience ever. And then uh, just transitioning into MTTs, I, my eyes were open. Thanks to Casey. Let's throw you a little bone there, but... Yeah, so I'm ready for this year. Just want to play MTTs every, all day, every day. I'm excited. Are you playing less uh, Dons and sit and goes, or are you still mixing those in? Zero. Year? I mean, zero sit zero. and goes. So like the time only time I'll play sit and goes is if I have like a doctor's appointment and I'm just bored. And right. I just load up like three Dons. <laughs> right. So how many how many MTTs do you play in a, like a session? What's your typical? Because you're like you're you're you're. You you play a ton, right? I mean, when you when you start a session. I mean, I was, but then I got. I've been getting really frustrated with the cash out, so mm-hmm. I basically like. I don't know. I haven't been playing that much at all. Um, right. But when I do play around twenty to twenty five tournaments, uh, like I mean, even if you look on scope, I my volume is was way down. But I'm gonna vamp it up this year. Like I said, it's just the cash outs, like. Yeah. You know, not getting paid for months. And, you know, yeah. everyone always says, like, oh, like on Twitter, they always hit me up. They're like, oh, I haven't got my cash out in two months. Must be nice to be you at AZN, all that. And I'm like, dude, I'm in the yeah. same boat. I don't get paid either. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I understand that it's really hard to get out checks because, you know, the whole deal with, you know, people playing in the U.S., it's not easy. Right. Um, so there's other ways to do it, sell on 2 plus 2, whatever, but. I lost a lot of motivation, but this year, you know, I'm going to pick it back up, try to play five days a week. Like, I want to do $2,500 in buy-ins a day. Wow. Um, and try to keep 40 to 50% ROI. What, I mean, stakes are you, what stakes are you playing now? Like how, I think my how, average buy-in is around, it's probably closer to, it's probably closer to 100 because I've taken out a couple things. But, yeah, it's probably close to 100, although I play the 20 still and, like, right. the 10 re's on lock because – uh, they're just, I mean, it's, yeah. the play has just got awful. Yeah. So. yeah. And I just enjoy playing, and there's not much to play. So you yeah. have to just load up all the smaller stuff. Yep. Whatever. I'm not balling enough where a $20 win it doesn't make me happy. Right. But, yeah, I mean, it was a cool year, you know. Got, you know, God bless. Casey helped me out all the time, and then stuff with TP has been good. So, yeah, I'm ready to get this year started with a bang. Grinded all day today. Dusted late. <laughs> and are you going to work towards? I know you didn't play the main event last year because you didn't feel like your MTT game was there yet. Are you? Uh, are you shooting for it this year? Yeah, in Vegas. I mean, I was playing a lot of sit and goes just because I was making money, and right. I kind of got frustrated basically after the first tournament I played, where I had all the chips, and then I was out for like a small cast, and I was just like, it was, you know, it was kind of grueling, like the two day grind, and then you cash for like three x buy in. Sit and goes were just much easier. You hop in for a couple hours in Vegas and uh, less stress. But this year, uh, hopefully, I lose a little weight and uh, I can play more MTT. Because, dude, it, live is a fucking grind. Like people that yeah. play live full time and like play those three day events. Oh, dude, it's crazy to me. It's a completely different world. A lot yeah. slower too. But yeah, Vegas. I'm gonna play tons of MTTs this year. A lot of Venetians. Yeah, nice. And yes, the main event, I have to play the main event. It's just yeah. structure. That is. Cool. Right on. How about you, Casey? How was your year? Well, um, personally, my year, my year was great. You know, first year with my son. He just turned a year old. So 
did a lot of stuff with him, you know, just enjoyed his first year of life. Um, Poker-wise, you know, it was like my slowest poker year. I didn't play much at all. Um, did have some success. I had five or six caches in Vegas this summer. And uh, I just final tabled a circuit event in Atlantic City. Um, so I did have some live caches and stuff like that. But online, I, I didn't really grind that much just because, you know, you know, I grinded so hard the previous four or five years. Right. Um, so I just took a little bit of time off and, you know, enjoyed life a little bit. About ready to get back on the grind now. Um, I see Mark doing really well in MTTs, and, you know, he thinks he's a superstar now, so it kind of motivates me to go and put it <laughs> out. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get back into it for sure, and uh, hopefully 2013 I get back to my uh, – ways of crushing souls and and winning everything I I play. Plus you got FTP back now, right? I know yeah, I know you, absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. I literally like during the F tops played one F tops and it was a heads up tournament and I busted the first round. So like I haven't played almost anything. So I'm <clears throat> I'm ready to go now. I know those FTP majors were just kind of like your home. <laughs> you were just, yeah. just you were just crushing those. Those seem to be the you know. And I know in the stars majors you went deep in a ton of those too. But it just seems like that was your your sweet spot tournaments. Those large FTP tournaments. Definitely, I, I think I won every major tournament that Full Tilt Poker has ever won, <laughs> like F Tops or Sunday tournaments or whatever the case may be. Right. So yeah, uh, I'm looking forward. Plus, I got the personal avatar there. So yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's right. It's good to do gauge you, that. Do you know if they messed with the structures at all, or they keep the same, or did they update them, you know, a year I, and a I half? Think I think they're pretty much the same, but, the same. I, you know, I haven't really noticed enough. I haven't played enough to notice. Right. I have a question. You know, I, I know in Stars, you there's sort of a backdoor way that you can log in and watch and, and rail people while they play. Is there a way to do that on Full Tilt? Are you asking me? Uh, it just, I guess everybody, if anybody knows. Uh, I can log in normally, so I don't know. I, you know, what I, mean? <laughs> no, I, I think we can, KB. I think it's just actually, you know, stars, you have to go to that separate download. Uh, I right. think FTP, if you just go to your old client, I think you can still yeah. run. I'm not 100% yeah. though, because I haven't tried it yet, I, but I'm pretty sure you can. Yeah, I just want to log on and see the big dog avatar. Yeah. Casey, yeah. I have a question for you too. Um, do you feel like the whole lock deal has gotten in the way of, like, your stars and FTP. I mean, I know FTP wasn't around, but just your stars gone because you have obligations to play on lock. Uh, do you feel that takes anything away from stars? or? Well, I mean, yeah, I, I have requirements on lock, and I still fulfill them. So, But it's it's torture, like, putting in the volume when, you know, I don't really want to be playing. So, I mean, I guess it's taken away a little bit, but I, I the one good thing about that is, I could put in like an hour session here, an hour session there, and be done with it. So that's that's my whole thing with MTs, MTTs right now. Like if you play MTTs on Stars or Tilt, you have to commit six, seven, eight, nine hours before you can expect to complete a tournament. You know the fields are just so big that you, you can't play an MTT and win it in three hours. Right. Yeah. So that's the difference. So I don't really feel like that's affected it too much, but uh, maybe a little bit. Yeah, well, on lock you can play shorter sessions for sure because they have a, they have a lot of turbos in their schedule and you know and, the fifty fives. Also, yeah. on lock when I'm trying to get my requirements, like MTTs is not ideal for that. Right. 
Right. Yeah, right. I, I was just saying uh, more along the lines that it's time consuming to hit your requirements. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a lot of hours. Yeah, for sure. But the way I hit my requirements on lock, I could play MTTs at the same time if I wanted, and it wouldn't make one bit of difference. Yeah. <laughs> right. Makes sense. Sorry. Cool. That's all I'm saying later. <laughs> yeah, and I, I suppose, like you said, this is like having a kid is a is a big life changer anyway. But then the fact that it essentially changed your job as well, right? It, you know, made this you know probably like the most different year you've had in your life in your lifetime. You know, sure. yeah, for sure. It's good time. Well, it'll be. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think I think everybody would agree that stuff like that's way more important, and poker will be there. At least, at least for you, it'll always be there. For us, we never we never know when it's going to be here and when it's not. Yeah. But. Oh, you never know when Canada's going to start drinking the Kool Aid. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Scary to think about, though. Yeah, for sure. Well, cool. I suppose we should. Uh, I know we're gonna, we've got a little strategy talk to get to, so we should probably jump into that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, All right, KB, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say we do that? Oh, I just broke into a coughing fit. I hit the mute button first. Nobody cares about your illness later. I, I have so, a question. So Danny's coming up, right? We got Danny going on at the PCA, right? Yeah, next week. Run! Run! Oh, sorry. Florida State game on. Bowl game, boys. <laughs> wow, you quick. Important things. Yeah, actually, Danny, I guess that's only like, gosh, it's only like six days away or something. Yeah. Less than a hey, week. What is it exactly that he he won? Like, how does it even work? He won something on Stars, and he's playing the final table no, in the Bahamas. Nice. It's yeah, it's the Canadian Open. They do it every year, um, and then they pause the final table, and they complete it live in the Bahamas. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of a cool concept, and he has a pretty big chip lead, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he's, he does have the chip lead going in, and. Obviously, he's really good. So hopefully, he wins it. It'll be fifty dizzles in his pocket. Oh, be awesome! Yeah, that'll be fun. And we'll uh, we'll try to get him on the next podcast just to talk about that whole experience. I think he leaves in a few days. So if you want to, you want to get him on before, you're gonna have to do it in a hurry. Yeah, we'll wait. We'll wait and let him win it first, and then we can talk about some interesting hands. Snap bust the ninth later. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry about the mush, Danny. Yeah. Later. <laughs> that's not a mush. I don't know what is. <laughs> that is the definition. Uh, I'm, edit- I'm editing that out. If you yeah, like if, if you edit it out, does it count? <laughs> does it still exist? It never happened. Never happened. Boston Knights. Boston Knights. Boston Knights. A lot oh, of editing no. there. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I hope Danny wins. He's a good yeah. kid and good player, and he deserves it. Yeah, that'd be awesome for him. So cool. Um, See, I know one hand that we wanted to talk about is a hand that we've actually talked about discussing on the podcast a couple of times, and it seems like something would always come up to where we wouldn't get around to discussing it. But the wait is finally coming to an end, because we're going to discuss it tonight. Oh, the anticipation is killing me. (laughs) I know you can't wait. Um, Yeah, so it was a hand that that Jay Ludov, who's one of our... uh, prominent members had posted a while back. He's also been destroying live. He shipped a Venetian in the summer and he just had some success recently in some circuit. He's been doing really well. Yeah, I played with him uh, a couple tournaments live. We were fortunate enough to get to the same tables in a couple tournaments and he has a really good table presence live, so I'm not surprised that he's doing well live. His forum undertitle is Bala. (laughs) He's entitled to have that, though. I'm telling you, like, 
I think he got head up in something and shipped like 18 grand, something like that. So Yeah, like a circuit event or something. I think he almost got player of the series or something. Yeah. Like, I think he maybe finished second in the player of the series race or something like that. I could have that wrong, but and I apologize if I do. But, but even better than that, even better than that is a cool uh, win trophy that he has that I, would, yeah. I will pay for. <laughs> That's right. I, God, I do forgot you remember? He had, now I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We wanted it so bad. We got that was the one you, you were all at the final table? That's it was the same final table that you guys are at. He was at the same no, one you guys are at, or, or I think he final tabled the event, but the day before. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, no, no. He final tabled it in one, and then the next one he final tabled against a uh, new TP, uh, the guy that Cody Custer, and uh, Cody beat him head up. Shout out to Cody Custer. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. those twelve player fields are tough to final table. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there were twenty six people in that tournament. What are you talking about? Okay, not really, but. Funny. We love those wins, KB. We already looked at the schedule. KB and I are going to smash those wins. I'm going for win tournament player of the year. Yeah, you and KB represent 20% of the field. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, have you been in the wind? You ever sat in the chairs? It's fucking heaven. They're like comfortable. The air is perfect. The food's good. Yeah. And the players suck. And there's 12 people in the field. <laughs> there's like 90. Be real. Okay. You count everyone nine times. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to this hand. You want to you, you want to run this one down, Diego? Sure. Um, okay, so this is the, the hand that that J. Lude posted um, is actually a hand that he played with Jamie Gold. Um, did he mention the tournament that this was in? Is this just a standard? It's the main. Is it the main? Pretty sure it's the it, main. <clears throat> no, it was a, MSTP main event. So. A uh, main, what is that? Mid Midwestern? What is, I remember looking this up. It was some kind of like it was something like some kind of like mid states poker yeah. tour or something. It, it was kind of like it seemed kind of like the Heartland poker tour, but different. right. Okay, it's mid states yeah. poker tour. Yeah, eleven hundred mid state mid states. Yeah, I think it is mid states poker tour main event. Um, interesting hand with uh, Jamie Gold is the title of the of the thread. And, Sounds um, like a tough field. We can't even get the tour right. Yeah. <laughs> So he, um, I'll just give you some details from his post. Um, the blinds are fifty a hundred. It's just the second level of the tournament, and Jamie has twenty two k, and Jay Lude has twenty. So I guess starting stack is probably twenty k or so. Um, the table dynamic. He gives some information. Uh, everyone was playing tight aggressive, and no one was getting out of line the first level. So pretty much just tournament starting and no, not much information. Uh, Jamie was on my immediate left and had been playing more pots than most. Um, opening hands in position and also had three bet a few times. Uh, I had opened twice BVB against Jamie and he flatted. I led flop both times and he folded. My image was tight, solid, and I hadn't shown down any hands. So I guess my first question here, before we even get into the details of, of the hand itself, um, like when a guy like like him who has a reputation, who's known to be you know super aggressive, although he could have changed his style since, who knows? Uh, I never played with him. I don't know. I haven't seen him anywhere from the past five years, so I don't know what he's what his game is like now. But um, are, are you going to assume that he's going to you know come out and try to start leveling you people, play differently? Are you going to play based on his TV image? You're just going to watch him for a little while. What do you guys do you know with a very high profile player once they sit down at your table and you know a little bit about them? I mean, I think no matter who the player is, like if he's a pro and he he makes his living at MTTs, 
He's probably not too crazy at the beginning. He's probably tight, solid. Like, yeah. a lot of people have a lot of crazy images and stuff, but when you're seeing that stuff on TV or whatever the case may be, that's all later stage tournament play. Right, right. I think in the early stages, most pros um, play, you know, pretty tag. Right. So at this stage, you could just assume he's going to play tag, and then as the tournament develops, if you're at his table for a while, and, and, and you could see how he's actually playing then. If he, if right, he like he may play some looser hands, like suited one gappers or whatever the case may be. But I don't right. think he's going to get too crazy with three and four bets and stuff like that with yeah. that type of hand early on. He might flat a raise or whatever the case may be. But I don't think you're going to have to worry too much about, you know, pre-flop aggression will narrow his range quite significantly in the early stages. Right. Okay. The only so what, difference I see in him to like maybe some other big-name pros or whatever, I think he's going to play a lot more pots, but I agree. He's not going to be three-betting and four-betting um, getting into that yet because there's no annies. And, I, you know, for whatever reason, everyone has this – we saw him at the final table where actually everything he did, he kind of crushed. It was sick. But I'm sure he's adjusted. That's years ago. Like, I don't think he's had success, but I don't know. I just figure him playing a lot of pots uh, uh, pre-annie, excuse me. But other than that, like, yeah, I don't think he's going to be three betting and four betting stuff like that. Like, yeah, and I think the perfect. Yeah, you answered my question, but let me let me ask another question based on that. Then, okay, so let's let's assume he's moved to your table late in the tournament, right? And you haven't played with him. Like, what kind of adjustments are you going to make against? I mean, all, and and you've only seen his TV stuff. Are you? I'm I'm afraid of getting leveled by his TV image, and maybe that's why I'm asking this question. You know, I'm trying to to take that information into account, but also not rely on it too much and make a mistake because he could be playing differently. So how do you approach someone with a, with a big reputation um, for being crazy when they sit down at your table late stages? Are, are you just going to wait out and see what, what happens or are you going to just basically play on that read? Well, I think it's foolish to discount the information, right. but I think it's also foolish to determine your image of that person based on that information. Right. You got to like take everything that you have at your, um, fingertips and apply it. So, you know, you take what you know and what you've seen, and then you take what you're seeing now and right. try and, you know, figure out exactly what's going on. I don't worry about, you know, people trying to level because they think I've seen this or right. whatever the case may be, because you're just going to more times than not level yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they have learned about. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to go on, you know, game flow and what he's doing and, and, you know, what you're, I mean, and stack size, stack size is so crucial. Like, depending on his stack size, if he's soup, like if he's chip leader of the tournament, I imagine he's going to be playing similar to how he played at the final table. Uh, if he's got 18 big blinds, he's obviously not going to get crazy. And like, I imagine he's good enough to the point where he knows how to change gears. So I would definitely, I'm not going to come out the first hand and just like three bet him with ace ten or something. Like, I'm probably going to wait a, like a couple orbits. Uh, this is how I've done with other people, not not Jamie. I've never played with him, but. I just see how they're playing at the time and um, kind of move on from there because even online guys, it's weird because you see them online playing and how they're crazy. Right. And then you go right. live and they're way more like solid type because yeah. they know that that crazy style doesn't necessarily, uh, I mean, it does work, but it doesn't work as well as probably. Uh, yeah. and, 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 and that's one of the things I was, I was saying. Um, all right. You know, let's, let's go on to the hand. Um, and all right. So, um, I'll, I'll give you the details of his post, Eric. Uh, I'm, I'm under the gun with ace, diamond, king, spades, and I open to 250. Um, so at 5100, he opens to 250. 
Jamie makes it 750 under the gun plus one. Um, so, you know, to the point that you just made, both of you just made, um, we're going to give Jamie a pretty tight range here, regardless of who he is and, and his, his, his previous image, because there's no reason for him to get out of line and three bet this deep uh, an under the gun opener. I think we all kind of uh, agree with that. Um, he says it's tough for him to put Jamie in a range because he's been active, but based on my solid image, he doesn't think he's getting too out of line. So I think I think Jay Lou. The only thing I will say is, is he raises early, and Jamie probably doesn't want to. There are some hands he would three bet that are are not the tightest range, just because he doesn't want to open up uh, the table to everyone calling because they're getting a great <laughs> price. Right. So he might try and you know isolate the action a little bit if he has something like even fives or fours. You know what I mean? I, and they're deep enough that you could still he could still get away from it if if he needs right. to. Right, that's the only thing I will say there. But yeah, um, I do feel like his range is is all pairs and and yeah. tighter. Yep. Uh, yeah, and 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 he actually has he gives him a, a tighter range. He feels nines plus ace queen plus um, some suited connectors and one gappers, but probably not likely because um, he's shown down a suited gapper in a three bet pot earlier. Um, but that's we're all. Yeah. Another thing, too, is that I'm guessing Jay Lude is probably one of the most aggressive at the table. Even though he says he's playing tight, I still think he's opening properly. Right. So, I mean, that may be a reason. I, but I still don't think he's three-betting live. That's not what I'm saying. I just think, like, out of anyone... It is, it is also level one, though. So, yeah. I mean, he can't have that much info, information. Is it level one or two? No, I think it's two, it's but yeah. I, level two. It is level same. two. Yeah. But it's still the same. It's not. So not you're gonna... looking at forty or fifty hands tops. Yeah, but I well, I'm still guessing he is open the most because you know Jay Lude's online school. He's really good. I mean, maybe not. It's only forty hands. It's too small of a sample. You're probably yeah. Right. But if he is opening uh, a lot, and and you're going to give him credit for being someone who maybe is opening properly, then you know you can go back to the point of he's probably not opening that light under the gun in this early. Stage. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I, if it was me, I'm not I'm not opening light at all. Like I'm super nitty, but like, and I'm guessing that's what he's saying. He's saying he's playing pretty tight, solid. So. Yep. All right. So it falls to him, um, and he and he he calls. Um, and so let's see, just some rationale. He doesn't he doesn't like to four bet um, because it's pre ante and I'm out of position. And if he five bets, uh, you know I'm gonna fold. Um, and I I agree with that. Are you guys just gonna basically call his three bet now and. And play your ace king, even though you're out of position, or are you I mean, gonna... just because you're so deep, yeah, it, I think yeah. it's absolutely fine. Yep. Yep. Cool. Okay. Um, and so then, let's see. Then the flop. Um, the flop comes ace nine three all spades, um, which is you know a great flop for him. Um, he checks to Jamie, who you know is the preflop aggressor, and Jamie. C bets 1,000 into a pot of 1650. Um, his thoughts here is I'm never folding, and I feel like raising is bad as we're never getting it in against worse here, unless he's going nuts with ace queen off. Um, yeah, just because. And another thing too, in case people forgot, we do have the king of spades, so we have top pair nut flush draw. Right. Um, yeah, which makes it easy. Uh, I I I, I kind of disagree on this. Is the one street where I disagree. I, I think this is a raise every single time. Yeah. Uh, th- this is where you want to start building value into the pot, and there's not a single hand that he has where I'm terrified. Yeah. Even if he has ace, 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 or nine, 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 whatever, I have the redraw to the nut flush draw, and I think there are some players that are going to read my check raise as complete nonsense, 
and do something stupid. I think there's a lot of value in raising this street with this hand at this spot. Yeah, and, and I, I can see that. And I tend to agree with Casey too because it, it, what what Jay Lude posts here is I, I he goes I feel like raising this bet is we're never getting it in against worse here, but I, I'm thinking not- that. What's up, Mark? Go ahead. I was going to say we're never getting it in. So. We're never getting it in, but we're not. You know, yeah. we we, have, we should be building a pot against. Oh, the, I agree. The, the vast majority of hands that we're actually way ahead of, and we're you know we're really there's not much that's going to catch up to us that wouldn't pay us off now anyway. You know, right. so so I mean maybe a jack uh, or the queen might might see a couple of queen of spades might see a couple of streets um, worse aces might see a couple of streets. Maybe they fold because so, he folds because it's so early. But, but the point is what's going catch to catch up that's going to want to you know, continue to play with us that we actually are ahead of um, if right. they catch up. So that's why I'd probably start building the pot here a little bit. The only reason why I'm not nec- – I mean I'm not opposed to building the pot, but like if, he's, if he has kings or queens or something, you do want to just bluff catch for a little bit. I mean I know you have the nut draw, but like that's you have point. the ace blocker yeah. like – you can yeah, but you're out of posi- if you're out of position and he has uh, kings, he's checking back the turn most times. Yeah, if you call. I mean, yeah, most people go- are. Most yeah, people are. So but I you're also not to- getting you're also not getting called by kings when you raise, and then you may get like the river street of value. Yeah, but I mean, uh, in in my mind, there's as much value in raising there for times he has some sort of ace. Yeah. Um, as there is for when he has kings. Because he's going to check back the turn with kings, and then you're going to bet the river for value, and he's probably going to fold a, as big a percentage uh, of the time as he does to my original check raise. No, 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 no. Not I, I if a spade doesn't peel. Not if a spade doesn't peel because J. Lude's going to bluff the spade a lot, or like a lot of players are. I suppose. I, on different boards, I agree, but... I think I, I, suppose, I, I think you I can get him to call the rip. I think for sure there's way more value in raising there because more times than not, or at least the equal amount of times that he has kinks, he's going to have something that he's calling with. No, but the problem with raising there too is like what hands is he calling you with that he three bent under the gun? Like, I mean, we're, we're putting him on a really tight range. So like, what, if, you he, raise, what if what if are you putting him on? What if he has ace king? Like, that's the one spot that's great. Like, that's one hand. But, like, he's probably going to have ace-queen here. Okay, ace-queen, ace-jack. You don't think he has any of those hands in No, there? I, 0% of the time does he have ace-jack. Like, 0%. He's never three-betting ace-jack there. Ever. <laughs> like, yeah, I agree with that. And, like, ace-queen is a stretch for me. Uh, I mean, ace-queen, I guess, isn't a stretch. But ace-jack is, like, I, I just don't see it ever. Uh, uh, I, mean, I think you can ever, have ace-jack there. Yeah, like maybe two five percent of the time, I guess. Um, I mean, the, like ace queen with the queen of spades is like a real, you know. Obviously, that's like the nut nut spot if he has that. But uh, we have an ace, uh, so that's less likely. I mean, I don't hate check call here because I, I I don't think there aren't that many. I mean, it's like he doesn't have king queen often. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't hate check call, but I do agree building a pot because when we do hit, we want to get max value. And we I have think, the- I think like even if I do catch one street of value on the river, it's not going to matter as much as the times when I can build a pot and win yeah. a huge pot with my hand. 
I, I just think. Yeah. But, but what hands is he? What hands is he calling when you check raise that flop? Like, think about how many hands there are that he's calling you. Then. Okay, well, if he has one of those hands where he's not calling the flop on the on the check raise, you're not going to get a lot of value anyways. Like, that's true. You're yeah. Going to get what? I, I, I don't know. I, I tend to disagree there. Like, I, I think because there's three spades on the board, if it doesn't come to spade on the river, like, it looks hella bluffy, and, like, it's hella hard to fold kings there. I'm, okay, so you might get – I'm paying you off – you're not paying off kings? You're not you playing – wait, 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 let me ask. You're not paying off with kings there when well, it goes – uh, Even if I am, even if I am paying off with kings there, what are you going to get, 10 more big blinds when you pick up, when you pick up the river bet? I just think that that's not worth it as much as trying to build a huge 100 big blind pot with a massive hand. You want to play a 100 big blind pot with one pair? With this hand on that flop, I would get 100 big blinds in easily on that flop. Oh, my God. That's like burning money. I, I disagree. There's so much, dude. You what couldn't you think. What hand, what, hand, what hand am I afraid of? Dude, there's only certain hands that are going to put in 100 big blinds, a.k.a. made flushes and sets. There isn't – you're not getting in 100 big blinds. Yeah, but he's got the redraw. He's, he's got he's got the nut redraw. Huh? Uh, if you think that people – you know what? You're not getting in 100 big blinds with, with worse. Tons of people are. I don't think Jamie Gold is. That's just my opinion. I really do not think Jamie Gold is going to spaz out with ace-king and just right. like put but seven bets on wasn't, My point wasn't I'm raising to get 100 big blinds in this necessarily. Well, no, but you I, said you were comfortable getting in 100 big I blinds. I said I would be comfortable getting in with – yes, I absolutely would. But my point is to build a pot with value when my hand's going to improve a significant amount of time, and I've already got a pretty strong but hand. But do you, understand, do you understand something? You're putting in 100 big blinds drawing to a flush. That's so bad. Like, you're, nobody's putting in 100 big blinds there with, with, like, anything but a set or a made flush. So you're drawing If you think nobody's putting in 100 big blinds there. In this exact spot, like, in this exact spot where under the gun plus one three bets you, you're not getting it in ahead. Yeah, but, Mark, but I, like, I think, I think what, what Casey is saying, though, and I, I think he's – he said it clearly, but I'll, I'll just restate because I, I agree with him but, and I see your side. But I think what Casey's saying is that that's the, like, the backup plan to get it in yeah, behind. Yeah, the backup you know? plan. Like, I'm not trying to get 100 big blinds in, but if I had to, I would be comfortably doing right. it. Right. I and, think it's wow, just that. Wow, wow, wow. I strongly disagree. I mean, obviously, your stats speak for themselves, but I, I just I don't. For all the other value that the raise brings, that the worst case scenario is that he gets it in 100 big blinds. And if that happens, he has the nut redraw. Let's say Jamie Gold has I know, but like, are we really – first off, it's 200 big blinds. So it will be 400 big blind okay. pop. Um, okay. But listen, let's say he does have a set, and I get it in here, which is not the ultimate goal. My goal is to build a pot when I think my hand's going to improve. But let's say he does have a set. I'm not a huge, massive dog. You're I like do 20 – I mean, yeah, but dude – I mean, it's just like that's fine if there's chances you're ahead, but you're just never ahead if you get in 200 big blinds here. You're never ahead. And, I mean, there are certain scenarios where you are, but not Jamie Gold and not – But you're, 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 you're only hearing half of my argument. You're hearing the half where uh, I'm getting 100 big blinds in. That's not the ultimate goal here. No, no, no. And, I'm, and dude – So I'm saying is, if I have to get it in, I'm not that far behind if I have to get it in. But I like, think dude, if, if I, first off, I'm, if I'm check raising here, if I'm check raising, if I'm check raising here, and he puts in another bet, I'm folding. 
It's that simple. And I guarantee you, like, dude, 95% of the players out there, and I know you're hella good, but in this spot, like, I couldn't disagree more. I, like, I'm, if I'm raising this slot, like, and he puts in another bet, I'm folding. I'm not you're sticking my hand in with, fair, with not, a draw. Not flush draw. Dude, you're drawing to a flush. But you're <laughs> like, hella deep. He you're always has deep. a set you're here if he puts it in. Like, you're he never has a You wouldn't king. just call the four bet? That's what I was going to ask. Like, yeah. I, that's what right. I was Why would you just fold? Why wouldn't you just call the poor bet? That doesn't make any sense. What do you mean? Well, it depends what he makes it. Because, dude, then you may be calling off half your stack. Like, what are you going to make it? Like, on the flop, you're going to make it, like, 22, and he makes it, like, five. You can just call. I mean, you're, you're under, you were talking about getting it in. And, like, I don't understand. Like, what do you mean? Like, so if you raise and he just, like, makes it 9K, you're going to shove? Or you're going to call off 11K out of your 20K? Like, I don't get that. What I'm saying is, I think there's too much value. There's too much value not to build this pot. And on the occasional times when you have to get it in, I'm comfortable enough with my redraw. Well, there's like zero percent chance you're ever getting this in. Like, how could you get this in on the flop? You really couldn't, unless you put in another bet after he raises you on the flop. Right, but I'm I'm saying you can flat his four bet. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I agree with that. Um, You said you're against raising either. I'm not against raising either. I'm just saying I'm not, like, 100% sold on it, but I do agree, like, but is he really going to pay you off on a four-flush board anyway? Unless he has – he needs the queen of spades to call off. So, like, you are building a pot, but it's not like you have ace-king of spades on king-five-deuce two spades. That's, like, a way better situation than a three-spade board where if a spade peels off, he needs the queen of spades. He's not just going to station you down with the ten of spades. Like, okay. I don't know, like – Agree. Okay, but for, for me, for me, that argument suggests even more reason to raise because the one chance I have to get value is on the flop when it's still only a three spade board instead of four. Because my action shuts down with a four spade, so this might be my street where I can yeah, get more. I mean, but the problem is, we already talked about it. like we're giving him such a tight range pre-flop, like. So like we basically said it was ace queen plus. So like I know, but you flopped huge. I agree. I agree. And I'm not, say, I'm not even saying I hate raise. I hate raise, get it in, was what I was really saying. I actually don't hate raising because I agree. But the problem is you aren't going to get paid the times you hit a space. Um, well, I'm so not I, saying raise, try and get it in as fast as you no, can. No, I know that. I'm I know. saying raise, and if you have to, I'm comfortable enough to get it in. Wow. wow. Yeah, and on, uh, and, but like on later streets, if the board pairs, you might be able to get away from it. Right, Casey? Absolutely. Yeah. And if, he, so if I do right. raise any four bets, depending on what it is, too, I'm just going to flat. Yeah, then I, can... I know that. I know that. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's I don't more know. different, too, from 100 to 200 big ones, obviously. Yeah, 200 bigs, I'm not sure where – I mean, I know for a fact I'm not trying to get it in here, and I don't think Casey is either. I think we're just going to try to start building a pot and then make decisions later. If the board yeah, and which arrive. is fine. I'm not. I'm not opposed to check raising the flop. Like I actually don't hate that line at all. I just think check raising to get it in isn't what I want to do. I know it's not Kate, what Casey was saying. Yeah, but I'm just saying I don't hate check call for the reasons I said because. I mean, Casey's only saying. Bluff catch sometimes. Casey's only saying that because sometimes when you when you raise, you are going to start to be faced with a decision to get it in. So he has to consider what do I do if I have to. I know, but like, what are you ever getting it in against that's worse? <laughs> Like, if you are faced with that situation, you're never ahead, and you're drawing to a flush. Pre-Annie in a tournament where you have 200 big blocks. Yeah, but how often that's, is that going to happen? That's if you get it in. Yeah. No, no, I, I'm aware. But, I mean, like, 
my my whole point was is like there he is right to say that there isn't many hands like Ace Queen is like it like he doesn't have Ace Jack here like that often. And we all agreed on that. We said Ace Queen Plus, like. Yeah, I, I agree, but I still think there's tremendous value in building this pot when you play from like so from, ex- from exactly Ace Queen. Exactly. I, I mean, I, I just think you're going to build a pot more often than you are going to have to be faced with getting it all in, and that's what right. the value. Is. I that agree. Is all right, you know, I, mean, I think you're I think assuming we, he has Ace Queen then or Ace King, the same hand or Ace. Queen. I'm not. I'm not assuming it, but if he, but I, but I want to you get the maximum value from from that. I mean, what do you build the pot with right then? What are you building a pot with then? I don't understand. Like, what hands are you building a pot with here? What, what do you mean? What hands does he have to have? Yeah. I mean, if we're only so giving him ace-queen, it's literally ace-queen. <laughs> That's it. Like, we only gave him ace-queen. If he doesn't have a hand that he's going to to build a pot with me, I'm going to get minimal value if he decides to pay me off on the river. Because I'm not going to get any more on the flop. He's going to check back the turn, and then he may catch if a spade doesn't feel it. He may bluff catch if he doesn't, a spade doesn't feel the river. So there's so not a lot of value. Raising, we're raising it here because we're putting him on ace-queen. No, we're raising it here because he doesn't – when you're this I'm deep, not opposed I'm, to raising. I'm just – I'm confused. No, but also when you're this deep and you're Jamie Gold and you check-raise, there is the outside possibility where he's like, okay, he's just check-raising to find out where I am. And he does something stupid like flats and then takes it away on later streaks. Or maybe he throws out a four-bet to see where he is and but, then you can but, just See, that's all I, that, that, then I – then I'm fine with that. You're right. There is that, there is that scenario. I agree 100%. He may just, call with the jack of spades, bro. Right. He may call with just the jack of spades. Exactly. That is but a possibility. You're not gonna by just calling. By just calling any hands that he's not definitely a hundred percent just not gonna call a check raise with. He's you're not a lot of times gonna get a huge significant amount of big blinds to make it worth not raising. In my well, opinion. it depends if he has a spade or not. But yeah, I mean there are hands he calls with that aren't aces like the jacks and the queens and shit, like queens with the queen of spades. Right. There are more hands. Um, I, I'm just saying I'm not opposed to what J. Lou is saying. Like, I, I get what he's saying, and I get your side to build a pot. But like I said, on a three-spade board, um, you're basically praying he has queens, jacks with the spades. Yeah, but spade. no, if, if he has ace-king, if he has ace-queen, if he has queens, if he has kings, I don't think he's folding to, to your, your check raise. I think he's going to call and see what you do on later streets, and that's why I think it's good. It's if, good he has, to, to if he has the queen of spades, I agree. But that, maybe I mean, he just wants to be stubborn because he's yeah, in right. exactly. and he just wants to call and see what I do on the turn. And then I check to him on the turn, right, and exactly. he does something retarded. Like, right. I just think that exactly. there's other... There's other good things that can happen with you trying to build a exactly. pot. Exactly, because if he has kings here and you check-raise him, I, I, he's going to call your raise with kings. He's not going to fold to you because then he's exploitable. Well, he and has he, to, and have, the always, he he have to have the king of spades. He doesn't have to have the king of spades. He could try to take it away from you later. He, could, he probably he, has to have the king of spades, though. That's not true, Mark. How many times have you said to me, what do you have there? And I'm like, five, four clubs on something right. that... Dude, but that's Annie. You don't do that shit, Priani. What are you talking about, bro? You don't do anything shitty. Like you don't do that shit, Priani. Like yeah, I see yeah, the yeah, right. pre Annie, I don't. But you know, you don't. You, just because I don't, though, doesn't mean no, that no, no. Don't. And I agree with that. But I mean, yeah, that's mostly post Annie. Like I see you basically rape post Annie. My, my read here on him would be that he's not. I mean, 
I haven't played with him, but reading this and just seeing him, I, I don't think he would fold kings to your, to your raise. I, I think it's too weak. I think he would call because he's super deep and see what happens in the next street. Yeah, and, because and that's he where also Casey's does that position. Right, exactly. And so that's where Casey's plan comes into play. Check to him and then let him do something stupid or get the value on the river. But at least the value you're getting on the river is from a bigger... <laughs> and, and like I said, I'm problem. not against it. I'm not against that. It was just the reasoning behind it, like getting it in there, like... No, Casey's, Casey's getting no, it in I know. is the now worst aware possible scenario. Getting it in is like, oh, shit, we got to get in. Oh, well, at least I got, you know, 30% of whatever it is to, to hit the his The only reach. way you should ever be getting it in is, like, if you're, like, turning your hand into a bluff, basically, when, where you have the out, like, where, like, he raises it. I mean, you just can't get it in here anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just clarify. We're not, we're not raising to get it in. We're raising because yeah. there's a lot of other value, and if we are forced to get it in at some point – we have a lot of equity in the in and if, if he much, four bets, if he four bets, I'm just flatted. I know it's, it's it's also much different too because I think at the beginning you thought he had a hundred big ones. Yeah, Is now he has two hundred big ones. I'm definitely raising because I'm never I'm never getting it in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's yeah. that's where I was getting confused. So that's right. even more reason for me to raise though. <laughs> and, and like I said, bro, I'm totally fine with raising. It's just uh, no, I'm sick of your bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome to the 15 Minutes of Street Poker podcast. <laughs> Are you kidding me? They're going to love that shit. They're going to love that shit. And that I wasn't know. staged either. <laughs> All right, let's move on. I think uh, I think we we are we are fine. We've we've analyzed the shit out of the street, so let's move on to the next one. Um, yeah, the next thing it's really confusing. Yeah. No, I actually don't even know what the next street is. Right. Now, I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> I said this hand was fucking crazy already beforehand. I was like, I don't even want to talk about this hand because it's crazy. I'm going to need a synchronized break for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, um, so we, okay. Just to recap, um, the flop is ace nine, three, all spades. Uh, hero On the is, turn, I do the opposite of Mark. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jamie, Jamie had C bet a thousand into a pot of 1650. And the, uh, Jay Lude actually flatted here, so he followed the mark plan and flatted. And, uh, I, I, wait, wait, wait. I'm not opposed to raising. Okay, but there I, are I, reasons I, I, to flat. I'm just neatly... oh, he followed the mark plan. Go ahead. The mark. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> all right. Hey, Mark. Mark. Really quick question. Are you opposed to raising? <laughs> you need to make that clear. We can make, we can make that his uh, his undertitle in the forum. I'm not opposed to raising. I'm opposed. I'm not opposed to raising. All right. Anyway, um, I, he, okay. Turn is king of hearts. Uh, I check, and Jamie bets three thousand and thirty six fifty. So what are we thinking here? We know, you know, you know, we give him a pretty strong range preflop. The ace is obviously a hand that we are, are pretty good. We don't expect him to have aces, so we were ahead. Kings are definitely strongly in his range, right? Um, I mean, what are, what are we thinking here when he bets this big? Is he just continuing to barrel with what is probably a very likely strong hand, but we're still ahead a decent amount of time here that we want to continue with this hand, or or are we going to call? Are we going to are we going to raise? What, what are we are we folding? What are you guys thinking? I mean, yeah, as played. I mean, like I'm putting him on super strength here. This sizing is ridiculous. Like I'm putting him on like I don't like the same hand is what I'm praying for. I'm never folding. But I'm just check calling it. Like that's a huge bet. That like it smells like top two or a set. Or like a maid flush, like if he three bet Jack Queen of Spades. I'm just dry shoving. <laughs> <laughs> that's our favorite thing to say on Skype. Dry shove. <laughs> um 
But yeah, as played, um, I'm checking him when he bets three K at thirty six fifty. I'm calling and praying a spade hit. So I, at this point, I think Casey, you may agree. Like raising here, like as played, you would never raise here because he looks like he has the nuts. Uh, I disagree with Mark fully. <laughs> no, I, I, w- I would on this street. I would just call. My hand picked up up a lot more value. But the pot is starting to get pretty bloated here, and I can't really just raise and then fold to a shove. So, I mean, I would probably just call and hope a spade. What do you make of his sizing, though? What do you think that means, 3K and a 30 right strength, right? Yeah, it looks pretty nutty. It, but the one thing I will say is a lot of times, and I, I've told you this when I, you know we've been doing our little sessions, Mark, is a lot of times on a turn bet, I'll like, okay, I'm going to fire really big, and I'm just going to shut the river down if he calls here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. This would so, be sick if you were against Ace King and you actually got it in because you're just free rolling for 40k. <laughs> which I think is possible. Like I think he bets Ace King like this. Yeah, I do too. But yeah, yeah. because we have blockers. Like we have Ace King. Yeah, we have block. We have blockers to to bigger pairs. Uh, the big pairs, obviously. Right. So and like, I yeah, he can three. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. can three bet nines, but a lot of people are just gonna flat nines in a spot because. They don't even mind going multi-way when you have pairs to set mine because the chances are if you flop a set with more people in the pot, you'll get paid more. Um, but it is in his range. But, yeah, I mean, check call for me. Sorry. Okay. Hey, really quick, Casey, not to get not to get too far off track from this particular hand, but you, you just explained how sometimes you'll do that where you'll bet really big on the turn and then just shut down the river. What's your, what's your kind of thinking behind that move? Well, a lot of times people will float just to float. So my thinking is I don't want to give him a good price and I don't really want a three barrel. So I'll just make it look like I'm going for absolute absurd value on the right. turn. Right. Okay. Uh, it just saves me a little bit instead of having the three barrel and I, I accomplish pretty much the same thing. And if he calls the, you know, a 60 or 70 or 80% bet on the turn, yeah. you got to figure he has something with showdown value. Yeah. And, yeah. and I find that if you size it so that you're, you're leaving him with, a, you know, or you effective pot size bet to someone who knows what they're doing, that looks super strong. Cause that looks like you're going to put a pot size bet in on the river. So if exactly. they're thinking, if they're thinking it's, it's like, Oh shit, well, I'm going to be facing a pot size bet on the river. I'm just going to give it up now. And then you could just right. go away from it. If you know, although, I mean, I've seen a lot of people who advocate, well then, you know, then you, you, you bluff the river, but you could save yourself from busting, you know, if right. you if you could just level them into into thinking that's 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 the spot where you're going to put in the chips. I, I like that yeah. I like that strategy. Uh, that's kind of cool. So it's almost like a uh, like a pre three barrel. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. You're getting yeah. you're, you're getting all three barrels on two streets. Yeah, I mean, I've had it I've had it done to me. I just feel like if I call here, it's going to be pot size on the river, and I'm just going to have to call the rest of my chips. So yeah, right. Mark it's, doesn't it's, really agree when I do with that. So I I like to do it a lot. <laughs> no, Casey, I was in that spot tonight. Remember where I called on the turn? I realized pot size, and I told you in chat, I was like, "Fuck, dude, I don't, like I don't know what I would have done if he shoved." And he just checked, and I showed the winner. But remember, I was like, "Dude, he's setting up a pot size river shove," but he yeah. didn't know what that was. Yeah, yeah, obviously, because like he obviously. set it up perfect, yeah. and I was like, "Fuck, like he's gonna shove the river," and I had middle pair, uh, open ended, and I was like, "I don't," and he ended up just showing fives, so like nothing, so. Yeah, obviously. But yeah, it is scary because you do have to you know, assume like if someone's making it that good sizing where it's perfect river size shove, it's like fuck. If I'm calling the turn, I better be calling the river. Yep, exactly. And then uh, you're just like, if you don't have the confidence, and you're just like, you think you could you could possibly fold the river. A lot of times they just fold the turn. 
because I don't want to face right. that. But yeah. you have to assume that you're, you, you have to know that your opponent actually puts together. What He's capable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't, you know, you can't do it against you know, standard fish. It's got to be someone who knows. knows I'd still raise the flop here, though, later. <laughs> All right. So did I mention I, I, wait, wait. Did I mention I'm not opposed to raising the flop? Because <laughs> we did flop gin, like the ginnest of gin. I would raise a lot of people. Here. Okay, moving All on. All right. All right. So moving on, let's go to the river and see what Casey and the Knit have to say. All right. I would flop, <laughs> now that I really think about it, to be honest with you, Mark, on the flop, um, right. I just I jam two hundred bigs later. <laughs> You probably would, because this is probably like a five hundred dollar tournament. So you'd like a re-entry too. So you would jam and then re-enter later. All right. So so uh, Jaylude, he he feels he can accurately narrow his range. To basically, you know, to super strength. He he puts aces, kings, um, nines, ace, queens with the spade, suited spade connectors, unlikely but possible. Um, so I think you know he he reads strength here too, but but he uh, he calls as well. Um, and then well, the you re- do have top two with the nut plus draw. You can't fold. Can't fold. No, you can't yeah. fold. But he call, he he calls. Uh, but he doesn't raise for I think the same reasons that you guys both uh, uh, proposed. Okay. And so then the river is the queen of diamonds. So you know the board here is now ace nine three all spades the king the king of hearts and the queen of diamonds. Right. Uh, okay. So now. Here we are. Um, Jaylu checks. Yeah, Jaylu checks and Jamie bets five k. Um, I'm I'm cool with the check here too because I don't. I mean, I think you it's five k into ten k now, though, right? Yeah. Now it looks like really sick value. Yeah. <laughs> it's five k. It's five k into ninety six fifty. After the flop, it was thirty six fifty. Then then there was five k into ninety six fifty. Yeah, five to ninety six fifty. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I I don't think I could fold here. I couldn't either. (laughs) Yes. Never. (laughs) Like, because you have kings, queens, nines, or threes. Um, And he's going to value bet it. I mean, like, ace, queen with the queen of spades, he's going to value bet the river as well. Like, river's two pairs. So, like, he's king will value bet, right? He might even value bet king, queen. Yeah. The queen of spades, I was thinking about that, too. Yep, yep. We don't, you know, we're going to reduce his combos of aces and kings because of the blockers. Right. Reduce. And, like, we're, we are giving him a small percentage of air. Like, it's probably not likely, but I, I do agree with Jay Lude says it, too. Like, there is a small chance, like, sometimes he has air. I right. doubt it, but, I mean, there is, like, people tool out sometimes. Uh, yeah. Personally, I can't fold here. No, I'm never folding. I'm calling him. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm okay. So we're all cry calling. Um, let's see what what he says. Okay, so uh, so in the final post of the thread, J. Lude says, uh, "As I was tanking River, he started talking to me, saying things like tough decision, huh? Did you River trip Queens?'" I perceived these comments as he didn't have the nuts, but what he did have was a higher set than Queens, which would be Kings and Aces. Um, I ended up falling because I really thought he put me on exactly what I had and went for a small value bet on the River, thinking that I would call. When I folded, he showed showed aces. Wow! Especially <laughs> when you have an ace. Too. Yeah, is that right? right. It, 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 it's a cooler, but I mean, he got away cheaper than I would have because a I would have raised the flop, and b I would have uh, I would have paid the value. Yeah. On the river. So Casey and I'd be walking to the rail together. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> fucking disintegrating. <laughs> no, I'm but not I mean, I, honestly, I'd be okay with it. I feel yeah. like this is a cooler. Well, yeah, given that. Oh, fun, I right. think it's a cooler too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be result oriented and say, oh yeah. Um, I'm just I'm looking for the best line to play, and I'm happy. I got a lot out of Casey. TP's yeah. gonna love me because he he went nuts, and you know he proved his point, so it's good. No, Mark knew the results of the hand, so he wanted to make this. <laughs> well, if I remember, Mark is results oriented because he's no, no, no. If I remember correctly, I'm the Don grinder turned MTT grinder because of you. So dare I question you ever? <laughs> no, I, I don't mind you questioning me. I just disagree. Oh, I know. I'm kidding. We, we we argue about a lot of hands. And it doesn't mean that uh, I'm necessarily right. I mean, in this particular case, in 99% of the other ones, I am. But there are times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. You know, according to so his no- post, the, the, the table talk is what, what led him to fold, um, is what he's saying here. Well, Jamie with- Gold is notorious for the table talks. I do remember Johnny Chan telling Gold basically to shut the fuck yeah, up over right. at that final right. table. So... <laughs> I'm not sure, you know, if he, if you know, if that's the reason he folded, great. But I'm not sure that he wouldn't have talked if he would have had complete air. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, even with that talk, I still say, yeah, I call fuckface. What do you got? (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if this was a re-entry too. I guess he didn't. If it's a re-entry, I could never fold. Uh, Right. Exactly. Re-entry. I'm jamming pre-flop. Right. If it's a re-entry, I'm definitely raised getting it in on the flop. Yeah. Sure. I think I am too. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not opposed to raising that flop in a re-entry. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think he would have given us that information if it was, because I, I think I think that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, uh, do we have time for any more hands? <laughs> well, I think we should do at least one of your live hands. We yeah. have gone a long time, yeah. but sure. Um, okay. I yeah, I, th- I think we should. Okay. Uh, yeah, I got one. Um, Maybe if Mark doesn't try and get every word in edgewise, we can get through this. Oh, now. God. <laughs> <laughs> My bad for trying to talk hands out because I'm even confused and want to hear Holy what everyone shit. has to say. Next year, do me a favor and go out on New Year's so you're not so grumpy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> you know why I'm grumpy, you fuckface. You were railing, <laughs> dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so this was from the Foxwoods Mega Stack series that I went to last month. Um, oh, it, sick brag! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you all, all you, all you Canadians uh, who get to play online, you you don't have the Mega Stack at Foxwoods that uh, that you could play. So you should be jealous. Um, okay, so the this it's a you know it's 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 at Foxwoods, Connecticut. Um, if you don't know the field, it's got to be one of the softest fields in the entire country, and that's not just my opinion. That's pretty much the consensus. Um, just a lot of old school kind of you know donk play, um, live typical live live uh, live donk kind of stuff going on. Um, yeah, I gotta concur. I final tabled a WPT in Foxwoods, and yeah. it was super soft. It was a one yeah. K entry. Actually, yeah. final tabled that tournament with Diphthong. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, it was kind of cool. If, I got you know, second. Mark would have won later. If, if, if you want to, it, this is fun. Um, go to go to the Foxwoods website, like go to the poker poker section of their website, and just look at like tournament results, and they always show pictures of the winners. Yeah, you're just gonna see the typical live donk win, and they, they win these tournaments too. It's funny. Just go look at the flyers. It's it's just like all these these typical live donks. Anyway, go look at the picture of the guy that beat me heads up. 
<laughs> okay, we're gonna have to find that and post it for you. He, he was the worst, the the worst player ever, and he just owned me so hard it was absurd. Yeah. Oh, I actually have a funny story from this before we get into get into that. Um, I this actually in this tournament. So so I'm running magically in this tournament. First of all, to get the oh shit, a, you went deep. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, but but even before um, this is in this series, I think that like the headline tournaments are like a 600, 125k and a 1200, 250k. Um, I busted the 600k, you know, pretty early. But uh, this is the a 230 bounty, and um, yes. and you know. I am moved to a table um, about two, three levels in. I have a slightly above average stack. This is not the hand, but this is just a story that happened. Um, a slightly above average stack. And uh, I sit down, um, and there's a guy to my right, a sh- like a short, older Asian guy, um, who is grumbling. Like, as, as while I'm sitting down, he's just, like, kind of, like, cursing under his breath. Motherfuck, fuck you, motherfucker. Like, like, just little curses. And, and so I'm like, all right, this is kind of, kind of awkward or whatever. Um, the first hand happens, he limps, um, and then there's like five other limpers in the, in the hand, and then the big blind um, raises. I think we're at like one, two, and the big blind raises 850 or something, and he just starts cursing under his breath. He's angry as hell, and he throws his cards in, in the muck and folds angrily. First hand at Method. <laughs> just to give you a little bit of idea. Yeah, that's AZN. Yes, it could have been you. Um, he, so, so that's just the, 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 a picture of this guy. The very next hand. Um, at my second hand at the table, I look down at Kings. He limps, first of all, right? So directly to my right. I look down at Kings, and so I make it 850. I make it the same exact bet that the big blind made it that, that got him so angry and he's been mumbling about because I wanted to kind of tilt him, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so I make it the 850, and it folds around back to him, and he jams on me. So I'm like, all right, I call. This is what I was, this is what I was hoping would happen, right? And so he turns over Kings. And so, all right, you know? We, we, got, we both have the same hand. I run out a, str- a flush on him, right? So, <laughs> so, so he jumped out of his seat on the, on the river and screams at me, why did you do this to me? <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're in an area where there's like a, a, a bit of a, a, a partition, so it's an open area, and he, he, he jumps in the middle of the of the open area and starts screaming, why did you do this to me? Why did you do this to me? So the whole tournament, like, watching this. And, and, and of course, remember, when the river hit and I, out, and I flushed him, my whole table's like, whoa! Like, you know, so like, the whole table's going crazy. This guy's screaming this. He walks back to the table, takes his bounty ship, and flings it at my head. <laughs> and then <Yeah>. runs away. <laughs> That's awesome. So that was the start of a magical... Um, tournament for me because I, I i didn't win it but i i was fl- you know out flopping people like that i was i was coolering people and I, I built up a pretty big stack but um i hit took some hits and we're down to um about 20 20 people or so we were in the money i think money was like 32 um and we're down to about 20 um and we're at 510 i have 180k and um table wise we're seven handed my image um, was at – it was still with a, quite a few of the seven people were people that had seen me run really well. And, 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 and I had won a couple of big pots where I'd you know, push people off hands. And, uh, so I have an aggressive image, but I also <laughs> – I have an aggressive image, but I also have a, a, a been running well. But I, I actually lost a couple of hands, so that's why I'm only down to 18 bigs. But in this tournament, I'm like 
probably eighth or ninth in chips, like because these things are are pretty shallow. Um, so what do you what do you think chip leader has if you can guess? Uh, probably about four fifty. I would okay. say fifty five. I think a lot of people are around the uh, the two twenty to one sixty. Like mm-hmm. a t- I think every pretty much everyone is, and there's there's like there's probably like six or seven people under a hundred k. Like that's that's how you know that's how these things play too. In case you could probably confirm, people are like clinging to six big blinds in these things. Are the uh, pay jumps ridiculous? I was there. It was a WPT, and the structure were awesome. Okay, yeah. So this is just like a two, you know, thirty minute, twenty five minute level. You know, they skip a couple of levels, so it, it plays pretty fast. Right. Did I answer? You? you had a question, Mark? Um, I what did I say? <laughs> Can't remember. Something about not being opposed to getting it in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, raising you, idiot. Raising. Sorry. Well. Oh yeah. Pay jumps. Pay jumps. Pay jumps. Um. Not nothing. Yeah. Okay. That that's actually a really good question because I think first place paid like seven k, and right now we're at because of the bounty. It's kind of like most of the money is at the top, and and the rest is distributed. You know, to to bounties. Um. So right now, like I think we we're like we're at three hundred bucks, and the next pay jumps like four twenty or something like that. It's, so it's a, I'm just gonna, I, I can just assume anyway that people are going to be nittier than usual, like live. Like they're just going to be nittier, period. They are, they are in, the, in this spot. They are super nitty here, um, and the, that that leads to the image of the player I'm going to play against. Um, so, so I have 180k. We're at 510k, seven-handed. I'm in middle position with king ten suited, um, and I open. Um, uh, 20k um, in raise and it falls all around to the big blind who is a middle-aged Indian guy um, if that gives you any reads I'm not sure um, that's the guy oh. that beat me heads up no, <laughs> you like Native American or like uh, no, in, from India the Indian from India but but not like but like American you know it's not he's not like so he's just American always Indian. flatting here it, it feels like it feels like <laughs> Which is fine. Like he's, he's super tight. So I just feel like this guy is not getting involved without a good hand, actually. I, I just don't – he has 70K, right? But so, if he's super tight, he's the perfect guy to steal from, too. Exactly, well, yeah, actually, and, and that, that's another good point that I, I didn't bring up. But that was part of, like, you know, one of the reasons I opened into his blind, even though King-10 suited, I think, at this – with this seven-handed and with, even with 18 bigs, I think it's fine to open. But I was definitely targeting his big blind because he's super tight. Um mm-hmm. He's got 70k, so I don't think he's getting involved with anything but you know a hand that he's that that's good enough. He doesn't. He's not going to. You know, I don't think he's going to try to bluff me off of it. I think he's ready to go to war. But so he does. He does shove. Um, so now you know I'm normally just all right. Call, um, but I did the math after the hand and I thought about it and I had to put in 50 to win 145k, um, which is you know it's about you know uh, getting th- uh, two to one. At this point, so is, is there any is there any notion to fold here given the, the wait you're, put, you're putting in fifty k to win a hundred a hundred oh, yeah right total pot is one fifty to win a hundred okay fifty to win a hundred right oh. fifty the pot would be one hundred forty five right right the pot the total pot would be one hundred forty five if yeah, I put snap call snap call right okay Mark you cool uh, yeah yeah especially with your hand because your hand is that I mean. There, I don't. I just don't know if I'm ever raised folding into that stack. And your hand actually is pretty. Well, you're not folding seven five of clubs, are you, Mark? No, that's the nuts too. But I may fold like 
yeah, I'm just nine saying, like, off that I open because yeah, I, I, I think opening nine deuce off there isn't even that bad. Like if they're all playing, not if the guy's a super hardcore nit, but I, either way, he's got seven bigs. He's shoving fives. He's shoving fours. He's yeah, shoving he's, ace jack. He's shoving. You know, you got to call. Right. No, okay. I mean, I'm usually I'm, there's like very few times I'm ever folding getting two to one. In fact, I'm always looking for two to one because I like the gamble. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, the only thing that went through my mind is that the impact of this on my stack and, and if I lose and my, my chances of winning this tournament, I know my chances are greatly increased if I do win, but if I if I lose this, whatever this may be, then I'm going to be pretty crippled. I'm going to be at... You, ha- you would have 11 big blinds. Yeah. Right? Which, in a tournament like this isn't awful, but... You yeah. Know. No, I don't know. Which, which isn't horrible, but 11 still doable anyway. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I my, agree. I, like, 11 is... I mean, yeah, even if you, even, I mean, whatever, you would have just opened shoved if you had less fold. If you had like 14 or 13, you would have opened shoved and folded. Yeah. Uh, and also, if I win, I get a bounty chip too. So I do, it's 100 bucks the bounty too. So it's, you know, not that Oh, you that makes it snapper. But right, if you're marginal, that adds to it. And, and yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I just what did he to, have? Oh, he had sevens, and I, and I actually won. So Whee. it was, yeah, sort of just a line check on that. Uh, Tommy Snapplestein? <laughs> <laughs> Have you met no, no, my what friend? Was it? What was it? That wasn't it. What was it? Damn it. McSnapper Queef? <laughs> I can't remember. I think it was, wasn't it Stephen McSnapperstein or something? I, I can't remember. Oh, well. We'll save that one for another yeah. another day. <laughs> cool. All right, well, we had one more, but I think we should probably wrap it up because we have gone very long already. So You know what? Thanks, I want Mark. I want to get a check on this. Uh, let's do it really quickly. I just... All right, we'll do it fast. No problem. This is, this is now 13-handed um, in this tournament. Um, so yeah. I made it down there. Um, I, I had 350K at 816, eight, yep. and we're 6-handed. We're um, I, I am in the hijack with King-10 suited, and uh, here the big blind is another super tight player, which is a theme, right? Um, he only has 100K, so he's, he's super short, right? Um, I make it 35k, uh, and the guy to my remember, left. Do you remember the? Sorry to interrupt. But do you remember the stacks? Uh, the other stacks? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so because a lot of times I would I would open ship here depending, but it depends on the stack. I know. So it's it's pertinent because uh, I'll give you the information because I make it 35k, and the guy on my left has like 600k uh-huh. on my left, and so. I didn't. I didn't want to open ship. Um, I didn't want to put that many in, in the pot. And if he, you know, if he woke up with something, um, so so I just made it thirty five k. But he 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 flats then the guy to my left with a ton of chips, and <laughs> then, yeah, and then the big blind who has a hundred k and is super tight jams. So um, you know, I'm, he's willing to get it in, um, obviously because uh, he put it in. So it's not it's not air. But now, what do you do if you're me? Are you are you just are you are you folding? Are you are you isoing or are you calling? Like what what? It's kind of a you weird. had sixteen big blinds, right? We said no, uh, no. I had twenty. Oh, no. I had, eighteen. I had no. I had about twenty one. If I, if you call, uh, I literally never speak to you again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wait, wait, wait. It was, wait. The blinds were. You had three hundred and fifty at sixteen, right? I'll tell you what I did after, but yeah, okay, yep, three fifty at eight sixteen. You have two options, shove or fold. And I would probably, because of the dead money, I would shove. 
I don't think the guy that flatted you is ever calling after a shove and a shove. Yep. He didn't flat you with aces. He's not good enough. Look at him. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> so, Mark, you and agree? dead money is so juicy. Yeah. Yep, exactly. That was exact, my exact thought. I, I, I ISO'd. Um, and, and the guy with the big chip uh, folded. And I ran into Did another. Did he snap fold? Uh, yeah, he snap folded. Snap. He was, he was, he was, his was in the muck bef- as soon as my hand <laughs> reached from my stack. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I ISO'd and, and I ran into another sevens, but uh, this time I, I did not uh, hold up. But, you know, so I took a hit there, and then, honestly, I don't even remember how I left, and left the tournament. <laughs> that, that's the right play, though. I mean, you got it in flipping for a, a great price after this dolt fought you. Yep, exactly. I just wanted to line check on that. I need to try to keep it quick there. So Yeah, I think cool. you played it right. Cool. Excellent. Well, thanks, uh, Casey and Mark, for joining us. Spirited conversation. We appreciate it. Very good. No worries. Happy New Year once again. Fuck you, Mark. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Happy New Year to you guys, too. Thanks again. And, uh, yeah, and that's it for the strategy segment. So we'll, uh, we'll take a quick break, and then Diego and I will come back and wrap things up here on the TPE Podcast. Later! Welcome back to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. I want to thank Casey and Mark for stopping in to talk a little strat with us. Always fun to have those guys on the show. Man, I'm worn out from that one. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I thought we were going to have to play referee and yeah. get in the middle of those for a second. Yeah, I just don't think Mark understood. Uh, he admitted he didn't understand what Casey and, and I were saying about getting it in. It's We weren't trying to get it in. We were just, right. If we were to get it in, we have good equity, but there's a whole lot of, of value. I mean, I see what he's saying. There's, 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 a, there's not a lot that calls you, you know, for your value, but I just think that, I don't know, we, we've rehashed this. I mean, we've re- we talked about this. Yeah. For a I, I just think that there is, you know, there's not a lot that's going to give you value later. Um, so right, I think you could right. try to capture value 
from this now. Well, but you know what? I I, I mean, I obviously did not look at the uh, the results, so I I didn't expect to see aces there. But you know, right? Yeah, I I kind of agree with you guys. I think when you're 200 big blinds deep, there's nothing wrong with trying to build a big pot when you have a hand with that much equity. Agreed. So, uh, but yeah, I thought it was very very cool. Um, so we'll obviously look forward to having those guys on again in the very near future. Yep. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, what's going on at TPE. Yeah, it's been a, a busy time, even with the holidays, um, which is always good. Uh, I think the biggest news is that we are debuting a new um, a, a pro. Um, Andrew Brokus, his first video debuted uh, today, the first. We're recording this on New Year's Day. Um, and uh, for those of you who don't know Andrew, um, he is a... He's he's just I think one of the most well known, uh, renowned poker uh, literary literary minds um, of the modern era. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and in terms of blogging, uh, podcasting, he you know he he writes for Card Player. Um, his blog, Thinking Poker, uh, is is one of the most popular poker blogs out there. Has a huge following. Um, he has a Thinking Poker podcast, which. Started about three, four months ago, but it's really popular, and I, I love it. Um, if you like this ter- this this uh, this podcast for poker strategy, you know MTT specifically, you'll love Thinking Poker's podcast because uh, it's all strategy pretty much. And and he tends to focus on cash games, although there are some tournament when he plays tournaments that yeah. does make their way into. Um, and he's just a super theoretical player. So if you like the, our theory videos, if if you like you know people breaking down um, hands and hand reading. And, you know, I mentioned it earlier. He has a sort of a a shortcut for hand reading that I thought was really interesting. Um, His first series is on hand reading. Um, And he's, you know, already rave reviews for the first first installment. So uh, so that's the biggest news, Andrew. And and we have some others coming behind him. But uh, but Andrew is the the, the lead um, new pro right now. Yeah. First of all, I love... The Thinking Poker Podcast. It quickly became my my second favorite podcast, of course, to the TPE podcast. Um, and also, it was kind of cool. I actually posted this in the forum today. But, um, like, Andrew was really one of the first uh, video makers that I really followed closely. You know, he made videos on another site that no, I don't think exists anymore. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, his, some of his videos changed the way I played a lot. Yeah. And, it was, and it, he was also the first one I really remember doing essentially theory videos, yep. you know, like, okay. uh, cl- or classroom style or, you know, whatever you want to call it, where he, you know, where he would really kind of sit down and break down. It wasn't just, wasn't just playing six tables and talking about what he was doing. Yeah. Um, so it, it was cool for me just from like on a personal standpoint to have him join the team because I kind of quote unquote grew up with his videos. Yeah. So. I mean, I've known him for six, God it makes me feel old. <laughs> <I've> <laughs> six, seven years now. Um, he actually, it's funny. Um, I, first of all, as as far as quality of a person, he's fantastic. I mean, he's just he he runs a um or he was he did run for a while an urban debate league um, mm-hmm. for the Boston public schools when he was when he was in Boston. Um, so he's got a lot of interests outside of poker. Um, you'll see his 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 pro picture on TPE is of him uh, in a really cool scenic area. I'm not sure exactly where it is, but he travels a lot. Um, yeah, he shipped huge tournaments online. A couple of F tops um, or one at one big F tops. He's he's Final table with a couple of W coops, and um, and I think the most interesting uh, stat about him is he what, what did he he final t- he not final t- he made the money of the main event what five out of six years 
Yes, yeah, either five out of six or four out of five years straight, which is amazing. Yeah, and and I and I think this year's or last year's um, telecast, uh, Norman Chad was 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 bringing that up a lot. So he's got a lot of coverage. So anyway, I've known him for a long time. Um, it, the way we met is uh, is is pretty funny. He he posted a lot on two plus two back in the day, and uh, and I, I I posted a thread on anyone interested in you know coaching, like you know. Noob thread. Hey, I'm interested in poker coaching, and he responded like, you know, hey, I'm interested in trying out coaching. So like really early on, right before he started coaching, you know, he was like, I'm interested in trying out coaching. Uh, I'll give you a lesson for free, and it just blew my mind. So I've known we've stayed in touch since then. Uh, yeah. And so you know, he's available, and we really wanted Tim to come join the team, and so um, so he's here. So you know, thrilled to have him on here. Yep. Very very cool. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, um, there's another really awesome – I alluded to this earlier as well um, – the Hold the Manager for MP, MTT Players thread um, – sorry, uh, video series that's running right now. It's a seven-part series on how to analyze your game with Hold the Manager, um, and it's fantastic. Uh, coach is Ben Hales. Um, he is a, a, a coach who you know specializes in Hold the Manager. He can break it down. He shows you how to set up a HUD, um, which is – I've been – you know, we, we talked earlier about – you know, being more thoughtful. Um, so I've actually been, since I've been doing, you know, watching his videos, I've set up, I've redone my HUD because I really wasn't getting much value out of it anyway. Um, but I re reset up my HUD using some of the stats he suggests um, and really trying to focus on using the, and then he teaches you how to use the stats from the HUD um, in your game uh, and then how to run reports on your own game and, and see, you know, how you're playing and, and where your leaks are. Yeah. So that's that's a huge like right now. I mean, the two series that are running right now are, are concurrently are two of the best series you know we've had back to back or running at the same time. I think maybe you know contenders for maybe the two best series running. You know, right. Site. Yeah, and the members seem to agree because the feedback has been really really good so far. So yep. So very happy about that. Yeah. So uh, cool. Yeah, and we'll have uh, we'll have some new uh, some some more cool things on the horizon, which we'll obviously fill people in on as soon as we're able to do so. Yep. Um, but we'll get, you know, we got to keep some surprises in our back pocket. So, <laughs> so we will. Um, cool. Well, uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up. So, uh, happy new year to all you members out there. I hope 2013 rules. Absolutely. Sorry for the delay in this, uh, podcast. Uh, the, the holidays make it difficult at times. Um, but we'll be back on a normal schedule. Now that the holidays are over. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. All right, man. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks again to Mark and to Casey for joining us and uh, thanks to everybody for listening and we'll see you guys all here next time on the Tournament Poker Edge podcast yep.
Love nobody. Everybody, everybody. 